Hello, and welcome to episode 133 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we are talking about the anatomy of a turn. All about a turn. We're going to kind of explain some of the stuff that Arena does for you in hopes that you're not going to miss things when you try to navigate a turn in paper. Yeah. And this is kind of applicable for everybody because I know I am super rusty because the only way I've played Magic for, I don't know, 18 months at this point is on Arena. Yes, I have and not pointed at something and said trigger in a very long time. Yeah, it uh, it makes for lazy players. So hopefully working through this, not just new players, will get something out of it. Hopefully all you guys that uh, have been playing for a little while and are itching to get back to the store can pull something out of this episode as well. All right, so if you want to tweet at us something we missed about a turn, you can get us at Casual Tripod. Uh, or you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or drop us an email show at CasualTryhardMTG.com. Um, as always, if you're looking to pick up any singles, please use our TCG Player affiliate link TCG.CasualTryhardMTG.com. Word on the street is that uh, Forgotten Realms isn't doing so hot, and the price of singles is very reasonable. Oh, so, yeah. Supposedly there's no bomb mythic that's like a $30 mythic everything's reasonable and cheap so if there's anything out of this set I would suggest picking it up if you're looking for it uh, especially since come rotation standard is going to look drastically different because all of the overpowered cards are basically leaving and I think it'll leave a big void for some of these cards which players might not have thought about in the meantime to kind of step in and play a role. So make sure you put, pick up your stuff from this set before it gets pricey come this fall at rotation. Yeah. Um, so if you use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com, um, you can get ready for rotation, build your standard deck, and help us out at the same time. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, lately we've been doing these, uh, kind of learning to play episodes or playing in paper or whatever you want to call it. And we're missing out on some of the newsy stuff. So we're talking about that in the pre-show. If you enjoy that sort of content, hop on over to patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG and throw us a couple bucks. Um, there's some tiers set up, but the tiers don't, it's like, uh, whose line is it anyway? The tiers are made up and the points don't matter um so just kind of throw us a couple bucks you get access to our pre-show you get access to our show notes i send out you know little thank yous every once in a while um if you want to be involved in that hop over there and we have our discord uh, there's a link in the description and there's a link on our social media come on over join in the chat it's probably the best way to get an immediate response from us um, if you have any questions, something that you think we missed, something you want clarification on, if you want us to look at a deck list, basically whatever you got, hop on over there and let us know. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm scrolling through uh, cards right now, and like the most expensive card is $20 in the set. Yeah, what's that? Uh, Tiamat. Oh, wow, okay. And then the next one is Demi Lich at 15 that I've seen yeah, so far. 
I was going to guess Demi Lich was the most expensive card in the set, but evidently I was wrong. I underestimated the Commander Nerds. Yeah, the Commander Nerds are powerful. But there are a lot of, like, quarter rares. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now now is the time to get Jump in on it. Jump on it. All right. So, the anatomy of a turn. Yeah, so this wanna... episode's probably going to be a little bit deeper than what we've done up to this point. So, buckle in. Yeah. So, like you kind of alluded to in the intro, Arena does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you don't have to know when you would get priority or even what priority is. Your cards light up when you can cast them and they don't light up when you can't. For the most part. I mean, there are instances where like I have arena hasn't paused to give me the option to do something where I wish it had. Yes. Yes. We're like in paper, I would have done something different. Yeah. There's a lot of times where like, if you, if there's not a like, if there's a way for you to generate mana that is mm-hmm. not just a straightforward like tap this make mana, mm-hmm. um, arena has a tendency to like zip you through your turn. Yeah, right. So like if it's like you know tap this and sacrifice a creature to make a treasure, and then you could use that treasure to cast a spell. Arena doesn't make the leap of like oh they could like make a treasure here and then have made it to cast this one mana spell. Instead, right. it just goes, well, you have zero mana. It's your turn now. Yeah. The, the you... one that I was thinking of was Phyrexian Tower. Okay. Um, like, if you have something to use the mana for, it will prompt you to use, do whatever the thing is that uses the mana. But if all you want is the sack to, like, you know, generate triggers or something else it won't ever give you the opportunity to do it. Oh. I was going to say, there's there was also an issue with, like, Magda, where, like, you would, oh, yeah. like, tap Magda to generate a treasure somehow, mm-hmm. and then it would, like, pass you through your turn. Like, you would never get the opportunity to tap Magda. Hmm. Because it didn't, like, it just didn't process yeah. that you should be able to do that. Right. So, like, it made some decks, like, kind of unplayable. Like, the... I think the Magda, like Magda and what's his name? Oh gosh, Jespera Sentinel. Yeah. Like if you didn't have a one mana spell to cast yeah. with your Jespera Sentinel mana, yep, it would just pass you through your turn or yeah. through 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 the turn and never give you an opportunity to do stuff. Anyway, stop complaining about Arena. Let's <laughs> kind of talk about some some vocab rules here or vocab okay. words. So. We're going to use the term active player. That's whose turn it is. Right. And then there's non-active player. That's whose turn it isn't. Makes sense. And then what is the stack? So the stack is like if you can visualize it in arena terms. um, When you have a bunch of triggers that happen at the same time, an arena asks you to put them in order and then they kind of go off to the side. That's the stack. It's kind of like an imaginary place where spells go, where activated abilities go, where triggered abilities go, like while they're resolving, while they're waiting to resolve, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is, you is got a the, better way to say it? Or? 
No, like it's just the place that like it's the place that like your spells go before they do their thing. Mm-hmm. Right? There has to be a way to like for you to respond to something happening, you have to see it happen. And that's right. you, the stack is where you see something happen so you have a chance to respond. Exactly. And then what is priority? Priority is the opportunity for you to take a game action. Yeah, and so change and there's rounds and yeah, we'll talk about all that. And then there are state-based actions, which are things the game is always looking at. So like yeah. life totals, poison counters, damage on creatures, toughness on creatures, loyal land planeswalker, the legend rule. These things mm-hmm. don't use the stack. It's just something that the game is processing almost in the background. Right. Right. You, when you, you can never respond to a state based action. Yeah. So when you have two two legends, like you play a legend, then you play a second one, mm-hmm. right? And nothing goes on the stack. The first thing Arena asks you is which one of these do you want to get rid of or which one do you want to keep? Right. Right? That's because Well, it'll do that like even like even if they have triggered abilities, it will ask you which one you want to keep before you even put the triggered ability exactly. on the stack. Before the stuff yeah. goes on the stack, it's like, hey, yeah. you can't have two of these. They need to go one yeah. needs to go away. Or right. like um, you know, if you go to zero life, there's no chance for you to respond or do something. You're dead now. Right. Right. You're at zero. Right. And then, uh, so every time something happens or resolves, state-based actions are checked. So you cast yep. a spell, you check state-based actions. You activate an ability, you put something on the stack at all, state-based mm-hmm. actions are checked. So that's right. why when you, if you had an Acerarak and you played another Acerarak, Right before you had a chance to put the like venture or the like venture and bounce trigger on the stack, you have to figure out which Acerac goes away. Right, right. That trigger doesn't have a chance to happen until you figure out which one of these guys stays. Yep. Um. So. So anytime the stack is empty, the active player has priority. Uh, yes. Right. It's kind of like baseball, right? The pitcher decides when the game gets played, right? The active, Oh, that's a good analogy. The active player is the pitcher. Nothing mm-hmm. happens until they throw the ball, till they throw you the ball to, for you to do something. Right. And then you become the active player. Well, not the active mm-hmm. player. You become the person with priority. Yep. And you pass it back to that, to the active player and then the active player again gets to set the pace of play of mm-hmm. okay I'm going to decide what we're going to do next. Right. So whatever like as, as the non-active player you have to wait until the active player gives you the opportunity to do something. Yes. Right. You can't like you can't be like I want to cast these three spells. It's like okay cool you have to wait for me to like give you the chance to cast these three spells. Right. You can't just cast them whenever you want. Correct. They might be instants, but you have to wait for me to pass you the priority to let you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when does a priority change happen? Right. Um, it happens a lot. <laughs> it happens a lot. So anytime you go from one phase to another, 
yep. you, ch- you there is a priority pass. Basically, what happens is is when you go from your uh, main phase to combat, right? Mm-hmm. You, the opponent is asking, is saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to do a thing. I want to go to combat," and they're yeah. then giving you the ball or passing you the speaking stick, right? The speaking stick, the magic spoon, the magic spoon. And now you have a chance to go like, uh, 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 before we go to combat, I want to do this thing. Yeah. Or And like that used to be a problem with Arena, right? Is you'd, like if your opponent had a Legion War Boss and they went to go to combat, it wouldn't give you priority to kill the thing before you went to combat. Wasn't yeah, that you, a bug? Yeah, you had to like put a stop on their like main phase. So yeah. it couldn't pass out. And if they like, cast before you got the stop in they just got a free one one yeah um yeah so so like but like you active player says i want to go to a different phase of the game Mm -hmm. they ask you basically is it that okay and you can say yeah it's cool go to the next phase or wait i want to do something right when your opponent casts a spell or activates an ability they're saying, hey, I want this thing to happen. Is that cool? And you can say, no, in response, I want to do a thing. Or, yep. yeah, it's cool. Right? And whenever you whenever you do something, you're passing the magic spoon back mm-hmm. to your opponent. Yeah. It's basically every time the active player takes a game action you get the opportunity to do something other than play a land, right? Yeah. Right. Other than something that's like at sorcery speed or whatever. Yeah. And then at the end of the turn, your opponent hands you the spoon and then you have all the power and you become the active player. Right. So at the Um, end of the turn. Yeah. 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 End of turn doesn't mean end step though. Yeah. Yeah. At the very, very end, like after cleaning yeah. up and all that stuff, which we'll talk yeah. to. But like when it goes from being their turn to your turn, right? They yep. give you the spoon because now you're the active player. Yep. So, all right. So we did mention some names of phases. Yeah. So let's start working through. Let's start with the very first thing, which is untap. Yeah. Here, no one gets to do anything. Right. Nobody like under no circumstance does anybody get to do anything. There's never anything to respond to. There's there are no rounds of priority that happen during the untap step. Stuff just untaps. Yep. Unless. I know I just said never, but unless unless there's something that triggers an untap like um. Was it the inspired cards from original Theros triggered on untap? I like when they untap do a thing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Remember, remember key to the city. Oh yeah, key to the like, city. Also, when it untapped, you could pay two and draw a card or something. Yep. So that would like prompt a round of priority during the untap step. Yeah, which is weird, but it's like almost like the next step after untap is upkeep. Yeah. And it all it feels like, hey, I untapped all this stuff, but now we're mm-hmm. in my upkeep and we're doing all these things. Right. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Right. They like they didn't get like the trigger happened when it untapped, but now we're in upkeep and now it's up on the 
on the on the stack for me to do something with, right? Yeah. So, I I like what is your definition of upkeep? Uh, I have it written out here as this phase is almost exclusively used for for performing game actions at the start of a player's turn. Yes. Yep. So uh, there will be triggers that happen here, like old cards. Uh, we'll say even some newer cards, like on your upkeep, do a thing. Yeah. Or on your I mean, upkeep. It used to be just bad stuff, like almost like in the old times of Magic, almost nothing beneficial to a player happened in the upkeep. It was all like paying costs to keep your stuff around. Yeah, th- that's why it was like upkeep. Like, hey, you need to pay the, was it four green mana or two green mana for your force of, force nature? of nature? It was four. Four. Four green mana, green, green, green. Where your force of nature was gonna like punch you or die or something. Yep. Or you're uh, you have to sacrifice something to your lord of the pit. Right. Yeah. You had to pay whatever upkeep cost, whatever you needed to like maintain your creature or your yep. permanent. You had to pay here, which is why it's called upkeep. Right. You're paying yep. some cost to like maintain what you have on the board already. Mm-hmm. Now it's a place like you said that there's a lot of beneficial things that happen here. If you're playing an older yeah. format, right? Uh, Dark confidant. Like it's triggers mm-hmm. in your upkeep. Yep. Um like Mishra's what is, Bobble. Mishra's Bobble. What is the new card now? Oh gosh. The Eye of Vecna? That triggers in the upkeep, right? Um no, I think that triggers at the end of turn, doesn't it? Oh if you lost life this turn. You can pay two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That that's the one that makes zombies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The book. Yeah, you're right. The book. So I think that Aya Vecna is in the upkeep. Where yep. it's like, at the beginning of your upkeep, you can pay two and lose two life to draw a card. Yep. Right. So, like, that's one that, like, you you're, you see in draft now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some cards, like uh, the Staff of Waterdeep, that are like, you cannot untap me if you want. Like, you'd make that decision in your untap step. Like, I'm not going to untap this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, upkeep. A lot of times, you will do stuff in your opponent's upkeep. If you, like, want to, like, let's say they have a creature. Mm-hmm. And they had two mana open, so you thought, okay, they have a counter spell. I want to cast my removal spell on their turn so that they will use their two mana on uh on their turn instead on of their giving turn. them the opportunity. Yeah. But I want to do it on their upkeep so they don't have a chance to draw a card. Yeah, they have less information to work with. Yeah. Like so you're oh, forcing them to make a decision based on what they currently have in hand instead of what they might have in hand. And you're trying to tax their mana. Yep. So that's like when the upkeep step gets used. Is Now it's a lot of triggered things. The occasional mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, uh, there's a bad thing you have to pay for. But there's like triggered things. And yep. then like interacting with your opponent to minimize the information, but maximally tax their mana. Yeah. Also, like if you have ways to tap lands, you would do that during your opponent's upkeep also. Like, um, I know we don't have Rashad and Port, but Port you would activate during an upkeep. 
or in Shadow's block, we had Elder Deep Fiend. Oh, uh, yeah. You would also like do that during your opponent's upkeep. So let me let me give something for our one listener here, Anthony. <clears throat> I have effects on your upkeep. That was like his. <laughs> that was the favorite thing that he would have. Like I would like say to like my opponent, so I'd like pastor him. Like I have effects on your upkeep. Tap four lands. Yep. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like there, you're like I'm gonna keep you off of being able to cast anything that is sorcery speed because yep. I've tapped your mana. Because once you get to your their main phase, they have priority. They can tap their lands before you can do anything. Right. Right. So next up is so you go untap, upkeep. Next is draw. Mm-hmm. And the thing to remember here is as soon as you go to the draw step, the mm-hmm. card goes into their hand. Right. You can't do anything during the draw step before they draw their card. Yes, they always get their card before you can do anything. And yep. you can't miss your draw step. Correct. Like, you have to draw a card. Right? Like, you can't just be like, like, your opponent can't be like, oops, I forgot to draw my card. Or you can't, like, distract them and f- then forget to, because they just go back and get to draw their card. Yeah. Um. So sometimes, like, uh, you'll do effects in the draw step. Like, the most common one for older magic is casting Vendillion Click. Um, I their- have cast many a Colligan's Command during my opponent's oh, upkeep as well. Colligan's Command. Uh, yeah. Collected company and hope to hit uh, an elite spellbinder. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, with the uh, Vendillion Click or Elite Spellbinder, you want to have, you want maximum information right? when you're deciding for Vendillion Click what card that, that they should put on the bottom of their deck. Mm-hmm. And for Spellbinder, which card you want to, like, make cost more. Like yeah. You could do these things in their upkeep, but now you're shorting yourself on information. Right. Because you don't know what they drew for the turn. And like a lot of the times, all this, a lot of what we're talking about here is timing. And like when, the timing when you can do things. And basically, like the reasoning behind all of this is you want to make your decisions when you have the most information and make your opponents make decisions when they have the least amount of information. That's how, like, you can get them to make mistakes. Yeah. Or sometimes not even mistakes, but, like, they make the best decision they can make with the information that they have. Yeah, I but mean, that, I guess mistakes wasn't yeah, the correct word. Yeah, but that mistake, not a mistake, but that decision ends up not being the best decision they could have made had they had one more piece of information. Yeah. Right, like... If they're if they, you know, have a two drop creature and you go to kill it and they like play a counter spell, maybe they wouldn't have played that counter spell if they would have known they were drawing their bomb four drop. Right. Like, oh no, now I'm short two mana, I have to wait a whole nother turn. If mm-hmm. I knew I was gonna draw this, I would have just let the other thing die. Right. Right? Like, oh no, they killed my uh sprite dragon, but I drew my questing beast. Not that those things should go in the same deck, but you know. Um, <laughs> hey man, teamer's a thing. Yeah, I, I got rocked by teamer spite dragon where they had uh, sprite dragon where they had a uh, two snakeskin veils, 
and their sprite oh, dragon yeah. ended up being a 1313 because there Ooh. was never a window I could kill it. Nice. It was no bueno. All right. So we went untap, upkeep, draw. Now there's a priority pass to leave the draw step. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is when all those instant speed things are like you had said, like, hey, you have one card in hand. I'm going to call the guns command you before we leave the draw step. Right. Right. Let's get that card. Yeah. Now we go to the main phase. This the is where you can phase. cast creatures. You can cast artifacts. You can cast sorceries. You can cast instants. And you can play your lands and cast planeswalkers. Yep. Right. Anything in any order. You, yeah. Anything that you can do at sorcery speed. Mm-hmm. Right. That is during your main one of your main phases. There is one kind of tricky thing about specifically main phase one. Okay. And that is that before anybody can do anything in main phase one, if there are any sagas in play, that happens immediately. Yes. Kind of like in the draw step where the first thing that you do is draw a card and you can't do anything in the draw step before drawing a card. Same goes for main phase one. Before any player is allowed to do anything, sagas happen. Yes. Trigger goes on the stack. So that is the that is kind of the tricky thing. The thing to remember yep. and the reason why like doing stuff from the draw step happens is because once they get to the main phase, there's no way for you to like really interact with them before they do a thing, right? Because they're controlling the play- pace of play. So if they want to play a creature, right, they mm-hmm. get to do that before you get to do anything else. So like in our Colagon's command example, they draw their card. You let them go to their main phase. You never have a chance to cast your Kolagon's command before they can play that one card. Right. Right. So you've got to do it in their draw step. So here, like, there's no interacting before they do a thing. Correct. All right. Unless there's a saga in play. Unless there's a saga. Like, there would be a round of priority while the trigger's on the stack. Yeah. But you shouldn't shouldn't lean on that one. Right. There's a few other things that, like, trigger on main phase like carpet a beginning of main phase like carpet of flowers and yeah yep. a few things but sagas are the big one yep but for the most part in like the simplest sense you don't get a round of priority before they get to do something right so now the main the active player is who moves you from main phase to combat yeah, and this is where things get a little weird and don't always happen the way you think or you see that they happen. Yeah, so you move to... Okay, this is hard to say. So yeah. you want to move to the combat phase. The first right. part of the combat phase is the declare attackers phase. This is where you basically say, these are the nerds I'm going to attack with. Um, Kind of. Well, this is before you get to say these are the nerds, right? Right. Or it's beginning of combat. Because, yeah, there, there is okay, technically there a beginning of so combat. So there we go. That's is. what I, I, I skipped it. I, I messed it up. So yeah. you say you leave the main phase and you go to the combat phase, and the first part is beginning of combat. And that is right. before you declare your nerds as attackers. Right. right. So you can, like, before you technically in combat you can before you declare attacks like crew a vehicle or but only if you specifically 
like stop to crew the vehicle. Yes. So the problem or the issue that came up during Kaladesh with like Heart of Curran is people would say, go to combat. And yep. there is a tournament shortcut that makes the phrase go to combat mean go to declare attackers, which is what I had messed up when I was explaining before, which yeah. now there's this is where you'd say who's attacking. So there's no window for me as the active player to do anything other than say who's attacking. Mm -hmm. And the non-active player does not have an opportunity to respond during declare attackers. So anything you want to do before a creatures are turned sideways and attacking has to happen in the beginning of combat step. Right. Right. So why does this matter? Uh, I was going to say specifically in Kaladesh, it mattered because of Toolcraft Exemplar. Yes. Because you would go to combat and then the Toolcraft Exemplar would trigger and get bigger and then be big enough to crew a heart of Kiron where it wouldn't have, like if you tried to crew the heart before you moved to combat, you wouldn't have been able to. But now since you are in the combat phase, the toolcraft is big enough where it can crew the heart and then you can crew the heart and declare it as an attacker. Yeah. Also like the, the non-vehicle thing is let's say that you think your opponent has um, a hasty creature, right? If you kill the creature, if you, and they have a creature that's, that's not summoning sick and they, and you think they have a hasty creature, and they say, I want to go to combat. And you go, no, 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 no. Before you go to combat, I'm going to kill the creature that's on the board. Mm -hmm. Now we're still on the main phase. Right. right. And there's another round of priority before you leave the main phase. Exactly. So now your opponent can be like, oh, shields are down. I can play my hasty creature. And now it gets to attack. But yep. if you waited till the beginning of combat phase to kill the creature on the board they never have the chance to play the hasty creature. Right. Because now we're in combat and you can't cast creatures in combat. Right. There's Minus. a, there's also one more thing I thought of for beginning of combat. Okay. And that's convoking. Oh yeah. Be you can convoke because, then. Yeah. There, there was kind of a tricky thing you could do in, I think it was M 15 standard yeah. where we had goblin rabble master that made a goblin and then that goblin had to attack so you could go to combat and then make your goblin rap rebel master would trigger and you would make a goblin and then before you declared it as an attacker you could use it to convoke and pay for stoke the flames yeah and rebel master has to attack right right or no rebel master uh, doesn't yeah i think it's other goblins have okay. to attack but yeah, you could basically like make it so you didn't lose your like throw your one one into a two two, and right. like use it to get mana. Yep. Um, there was a, like also like Hazaret, like you could like throw a card during like the beginning, beginning of, combat, of combat. Yeah. And then attack with it. But if you said yep. go to combat, you would jump to declare attackers, and you would not have your spot to throw a card. Correct. For whatever reason, you'd want to like throw your card during the beginning of combat. But there's a number of like 
little things. The biggest one is killing your cre- killing creatures in the beginning of combat, so they can't like follow them up with a haste creature when your shields are down. Mm-hmm. All right, so you declare attackers, mm-hmm. and then the next thing that happens is after you declare attackers, your opponent uh, has priority to declare blockers. Correct. Well, they well, can you can, also. No, sorry, you can do stuff yeah. before. Yeah, there there's like a round of priority. You're when you declare attackers as the active player, you can't immediately like do something. As soon as you declared attackers, you pass priority to your opponent, the non-active player. Yes. And then they have the chance to do something. If they don't do something, it goes back to you and you get a chance to do something, right? Yeah. And then it moves to your opponent, declares blocks. Yes. And then you can't do anything as the active player while your opponent is declaring blockers. Right. Right. Now blockers are declared. Yeah. And then uh, you get to, um, like, basically there's another round of priority. Mm -hmm. So this is where, like, you know, you, you know this from like, okay, blockers are declared. I'm going to play my pump spell now. Right. Now that you declared blocks. Yep. Right. Or you attack with a menace creature and like kill one of them so your guy lives. Yeah. Yep. Right. So this is where all of that happens. And again, you cast your pump spell. Your opponent can cast a pump spell in response or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Then damage happens. Damage happens. And that's kind of like a life statement, right? <laughs> yes. Sometimes yes, you get, damage happens. You, you you get over the age of forty, and damage happens when you sleep, <laughs> when you sit. It, damage just happens whenever. Yep. Um, but damage happens, and all the damage. So there's first strike damage. I should specify. There's first there strike damage, and mm-hmm. then if no one has first strike, the everything then all the other damage happens, mm-hmm. and all damage happens simultaneously. So damage. Yeah, this can get kind of tricky because, like, it's hard. It's easy on arena where you see all the damage happen at the same time. It's a lot harder in paper where, like, you kind of work through the combat to say, okay, these guys trade, these guys trade, these guys bounce, your guy dies here. Like, you're doing them one after another, but technically it all happens at the same time. If there's any lifelink, you're gaining that life as soon as it's dealing damage. So mm-hmm. this is this is a thing that Arena does poorly, right? Let's say you're at two and your opponent attacks for uh, three, right? Yep. But you block one of it with your... Uh, attacks for four. They attack with a three, three, and a one, one. And you block with a two, two lifelinker on their one, one. Yeah. Arena always shows you you go to zero, then you go back up to two. Yeah. What actually happens in terms of state-based actions is... You lost three and gained two simultaneously, so you never went to zero. Correct. Right. So all that stuff happens at the same time, and then any, like, death triggers happen, like, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And everything that goes to the graveyard sees everything else go to the graveyard with it. Right. So if it's so we now have Undead Augur in historic and it's a mm-hmm. zombie that says when this or another zombie dies uh make a 
uh, lose a life and draw a card. So if yep. this dies and another zombie dies, you draw two cards. One for the undead auger dying, one for the other zombie dying, because they die at the same time and they both go to the graveyard. So undead auger sees the other one die. Yep. Even though it's dead as well. Correct. Which is weird. It is weird. Right. So everything ha- so damage happens and then everything goes to the graveyard at the same time and then all your triggers happen if there are any triggers. Yep. And then there's also another, like just like we had a beginning of combat phase that's kind of a no man's zone, there's another one at the end of combat. Yes. This is rarely used. I think it's most often used in limited. Yeah. So let's say you have a, a card that says target player sacrifices an attacking creature. Mm-hmm. So if a creature is declared as an attacker, it's attacking until you leave combat. So again, right. let's say they attacked with their 3-3 and their 1-1. You ate their 1-1. You ended up at 2, right? Now at the end of combat, you can cast your spell that says target player sacrifices an attacking creature. They only have the 3-3 now because you ate the 1-1. So they have to sacrifice their 3-3. Where if you cast it when they still had the 1-1, they would sacrifice the 1-1. Yep. Right, so you're like, okay, I'll take this hit, but the way I block guarantees that my my spell... Um, it's going to hit their best thing. It's going to hit their best thing and kill them. Yep. Um, so back to damage real quick. There sure. is like a spot for first strike damage to happen. And this mm-hmm. is... Right? So... If you miss that spot for first strike damage and then you give your creature a first strike, it doesn't work. This comes up on... Oh, yeah. You can't go backwards. Yeah. So, like, it's like... Like, so let's say there are... You have a first striker and a spell that gives something first strike. So you do like first strike damage and your yep. opponent's like, cool, first strike damage happens. Then they'll like pump my creature and you're like, haha, give my creature first strike. And it's like, yeah, you missed your chance for first strike. Right. Right. You don't get another go at it. So yep. like first strike happens and then, but if there's nothing with first strike and they're in there, it's like go to damage and they're like pump spell and you're like, give my thing first strike. You haven't gone to damage yet. Once you're in damage, like there's a spot to respond after first strike damage, but you can't give something else first strike after first strike happened. Correct. All right. Main phase two. What goes yeah. on here? Uh, basically, it's a carbon copy of main phase one, except without the sagas part. Yeah. Um, the active player, if they haven't played a land yet, they're allowed to play a land. They can play at sorcery speed. They can play at instant speed. They can do whatever they want. Um, same thing goes for timing. Non-active player is not allowed to do something until the active player makes a game action. Either uh, casts a spell, puts a trigger on the stack, activates an ability, or wants to move to the next phase. Yeah. Um, there are a few things that care about second main phase. They might not say it. What was that Minotaur from uh, yeah, Zendikar? Not... No. Oh from, yeah, that's from... true. Uh, Marong. Yeah, whatever one like you would like play a land and it would untap your creatures and you would get like another combat step. 
Yeah, I forgot about him. Or you get you'd get a combat step after this phase. Yeah. And so like if you didn't if you played your land in main phase one, yeah, you got a you got a combat phase. It wasn't an extra one, you just went to combat. You had to wait till main phase two to make but the card work. Your guy. Oh no, it says untap. It says untap your right. other you'd creatures. Be untapping your already untapped guys, and then when you went to your actual combat yeah. They don't accept. Yeah. So there are some things that say like that care about main phase two, but not a lot. Yeah, the, like Naheb is also a Minotaur that cares about the second main phase because he adds mana to your mana pool during the second main phase. Yes. So there's a few things. Our carpet yep. of flowers example, it can add mana in main phase one or in main phase two. That is correct. You but get not to choose. both. Not both. All right, so then we go to the end step. Yeah, so, things get funky here again, too. So active player can go to the end step. Mm-hmm. So here, kind of like the upkeep, this is a spot for players to do stuff. So you can do things. Right, when your opponent says go to, end, go to the end step, you can do stuff still in their main phase. Or you can uh, wait to go to the end step. The again, the benefit of being in their end step is they can't do stuff at sorcery speed. Yeah, there was there was something that you wanted to do on your opponent's second main. What was it? Um. Uh. Oh gosh, I know what it is. Uh, like I used to dredge with insolent neonate. Yeah, there you go. So the prized amalgam came back. So the prized amalgam would come back. Yeah. Uh, on their on their end step instead of like waiting a whole turn to come back or like doing it on your turn so your price amalgams were susceptible to like sorcery speed removal right you're like oh hey i'll do this on your second main phase and then they look for at the beginning of an end step we get to come back so if you did it earlier if you did on your turn your guys would be sitting there and then they could like cast an anchor of the gods and you'd be very sad very sad. So that was that was the one thing that would happen, like that you were like, oh, I'm gonna like before you still in your main phase, do this thing, yep. like do an instant speed card draw to dredge some cards or whatever to get the to you know get my Narc Amoeba back to get my trigger or like mm-hmm. fetch like fetch bring back my uh, Bloodgast, yeah, trigger my prized amalgams go to your end step, yep. yeah. So that was. That was the big thing that would that happened a lot. But now you're you're in your end step. So here um again players can cast instants. Active player can be like, all right, I'm in the end step. I can cast an instant if I want. Usually the non-active player will do something as the opponent tries to pass into uh the last part of the of the end step, which is cleanup. Yeah. So like, you know, end of turn, kill your guy, or end of turn, crack crack a fetch, or... Like, Draw whatever you're going to do, yeah, before your turn, you would do in your opponent's end step before cleanup. Yeah. And, like, any anything that you have that triggered at the end of turn would trigger. And that's kind of what we were talking about with the prized amalgams, because they specifically say, um, at the end of turn, return it to the battlefield. So, if you had activated it like already at the end of turn 
like if you were already in the end turn and then you triggered the ability, it wouldn't come back until the following end of turn phase. Yeah, like Flicker Wisp with Aether Vial does this a lot. They will yeah. flicker something out on an end step because it goes an entire turn cycle before it comes back. Right. So they can like eat your land at the end of turn. Now you don't have access to that land during their turn. Yep. Um, so once you do that stuff and you get to clean up, the only thing that ha- no one gets priority, you just do cleanup stuff. So the main the thing is like the mirror image or the like exact opposite of untap. Yeah. Um, nobody gets priority here unless something triggers. Yeah. Uh, but um, the main things that happen here is damage is removed from creatures. Yep. And you like have to discard the hand size. Right. So if you get to the cleanup phase, there's nothing like your opponent can do. If you like, uh, are like, okay, I'm going to like discard to hand size. They can't do anything. Unless something triggers. Unless something triggers. Like, oh gosh, like uh, Drake Haven, right? You discard to hand size, but Drake Haven triggers. So you can make a Drake. Yep. Or, um, like, get Rog Monster. If you discard a land, he triggers and draws a card. Okay, yeah. Um, or if you discard a Madness card, you yes. go to cast it. The So, um, a, uh, a trick from a wily old dredge player uh, was, like, in my main phase, I'd be like, move to discard. And basically, yeah. you can say where you want to go. Right. In any part of the turn. Like you could draw oh, your card. You're skipping ahead, buddy. That's uh Oh sorry, that's, that's for the... that's content for the next episode where we talk about shortcuts. Oh, okay. Well then we'll we'll wait then. <laughs> we'll wait then. No, I mean you go ahead and talk about it. We'll talk but, about it again next week too. But you could like say like I'm in my draw step phase. My draw step, I want to go all the way to the end of the turn. I don't want to do right. any of this stuff. And if your opponent goes, Yeah, that's cool, you're at the end of the turn now. You skipped everything. Right, right. It's basically well, you're not just at the end of turn; you're in cleanup. Yeah, if you say like, go you, to, you even skip your end of turn. Yeah, if you say move to discard, like basically you have they have pat you have passed priority back and forth through every single exchange of priority yeah. till you're discarding to hand size. Yep. And so that used to happen. Would be like, hey, move to move to discard, and if they said yes you'd like discard your card then they would try to do something it's like no 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 no. you passed through the end step right like we went we we went clear to the end now you have no chance to do anything um so like there are like when we'll apparently get into the next week there are a bunch of shortcuts to help move your tournament along yeah so the whole next episode is going to be about shortcuts yeah so you don't have to do every single priority pass yeah, like a lot of this stuff, we're we're talking about it kind of in depth because as you like become a better Magic player, you are going to want to use these different parts of a turn that you might not even realize exist. Um, you're going to be looking for like o- optimal ways of timing your spells and timing your abilities, and 
you need to know that all these little things happen. But you also don't want to get bogged down in the nitty-gritty. I mean, if if I verbalized every priority pass, you know, for a game of Magic, that game of Magic would take an entire round and we'd never move past the first game. Yeah. yeah you can't just be like, pass you priority to go to draw step. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, pass you priority to go to main phase one. Right. Okay, cool. Like, that would just take too long. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff that we just, like, hand wave and understand. Yeah. And then if you want to do something at, like, a non-standard time, right. then you do that's the, like... That's when you pipe up. Yeah, when you're like, I have effects in your upkeep. So, hey, before you draw your card, I want to do something. Or, right. like, hey, I have effects... Because I used to say, like, people would, like, be doing stuff as, hey, I have effects at your end of... Before the end of your main phase. Yeah. Because right? usually you don't do stuff there. You wait till the end of turn. But it's like, no, right. no, for a very specific reason, I need to do something here, and it's weird. Yep. But I'm letting you know, like, hey, weirdness is about to happen. Let's go. Buckle up, yep. as you said earlier. <laughs> Buckle up. It's going to get weird. All Buckle right. up. Now, the other thing that can happen with priority is holding priority. Mm-hmm. And what this lets you do is this lets you put a whole bunch of things on the stack before you give your your opponent a chance to respond. Yeah, this this can get pretty weird. It's, so you might be thinking, yeah, I want to put all my stuff on my on the stack before my opponent has a chance to respond. This is usually not an advantageous thing for you to do. Because right. now you showed your opponent, like, here's everything I want to do this turn. Yeah. And then they can pick and choose with full information what things they want to interact with and what things they don't. Right. There's right. really no benefit to the active player to say, I'm going to kill this creature, hold priority, kill this creature, hold priority, kill this creature, hold priority, bolt you. You then should, like do a thing and then let it resolve and then do a thing and let it resolve and do a thing and let it resolve. Because if your opponent's at three and they have right. one counter spell, they counter bolt you. Right. Right. But if they didn't know you had the bolt, maybe they counter one of the removal spells. Yeah. And then you can go bolt you. Yep. Right. So if you give them all the information, they will make the best choice. Right. Whereas if you just give them the information piecemeal, they will make the best choice with the information that they have. Like, oh, man, I can't lose my 6-6 lifelinker. Okay, like, okay, I've got to save that. Then you're like, haha, I got you. So they made the best choice based on what they knew, like what they were 100% sure of, but then you're able to bolt them. There are a few places where holding priority comes up. Arena Mm -hmm. has simplified it since, like, the program started so copying spells there are in on arena now when you cast a spell and if you have like expansion explosion in your hand or something right it will like take a beat and hold priority for you so you can cast your expansion explosion if you want right it used to be you had to make sure you hit control to go into full control mode to make sure that you could cast that you could uh, cast your copy spell, yeah, right. Um, 
if we go to old timey, there are some things that uh, Lion's Eye Diamond encourages you to hold priority. <laughs> yeah, LED. Yeah, so the big ones are um, with Infernal Tutor. Infernal yeah. Tutor is one in the black. Reveal a card from your hand and search your deck for a copy of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're hellbent, if you have no cards in hand, you just get to search your deck for anything. Right. Right. So you'd be like, cast Infernal Tutor, hold priority, crack LED. To crack discard LED, your hand. you discard your hand. Now Infernal Tutor's on the stack, you have no hand. Now you have Demonic Tutor, go get what you need. Yep. And the other one is faith with Faithless Looting and like Dredge. You'd yeah. be like, or... I guess now, um, what is it called? Uh, I guess you could do it in the the uh, Lizard's deck, right? Where you're like, hey, I'm going to put uh, Faithless Looting on the stack. I'm going to crack Lionside Diamond to discard my Dredgers in Dredge. Yeah. Right. Now that I have my Dredgers discarded, now I'm going to Dredge with my Lionside Diamond mana, uh, with my Faithless Looting. Right. Right. And now my Lionside Diamond mana... We'll flashback my faith is looting. Yay. Right. So, like, those are the main spots is, like, copying spells. And it also depends on, honestly, the set that the the spell copy effect is in. Because some of them are... bounced around a couple times. Yeah, some of them are like, hey, cast this red spell, and the next spell you cast, we copy it. Right. And some are like, hey... Copy target spell. Copy target spells. So, um, like the spell would already have to be on the stack to use that one. Yes. So it just depends on the wording. Yeah. There's like some cards let you mess around with the top of your library a little bit too. So sometimes it's beneficial for you to hold priority then. Like we had Experimental Frenzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could like light up the stage off the top of your library with an experimental frenzy out, and then before it resolved, you could like cast a spell that was you know revealed to you off of the experimental frenzy. Yeah. Or like if it's a land, you just let that go away so you can keep casting off the top of your deck. Yeah. Um, so you the would same like... thing can happen with um, Bolas's Citadel too, right? Mm-hmm. Where like the you take the spell off the top, right? Yeah. And you move it effectively to the stack. Right? You take the yep. card off the top, move it to the stack. Now you get to see the next card down. And if it's an instant, you can cast it before that other spell resolves. Right. So, like you said, like, oh, I don't want to draw this shock. I just want to cast it and then see an extra card. So right. I'll hold priority, cast my shock. Oh, there was another shock. Cast that shock. So instead of your light up the stage drawing you shock, shock, you cast both those shocks, and now you're seeing the next two cards. Right. So it was just a way to get deeper. So Bolus of Citadel. Um, I guess, like, I don't know if you have flash creatures in, like, your Vivian deck or your, like, Ranger class mm-hmm. deck. Yeah, that you're would like, work. Oh, I better, like, hold priority so if I, like, cast this creature, I can, like, cast it instant off the top or something. Yep. Right, so... I don't know why that would matter, but it could. I don't know. <laughs> but, right, like it, it's just a way to do, like, to have a little bit more control over, like, like some effects that are, like, weirdly beneficial. Yeah. 
right? In like, but holding priority is like a very corner case thing. Yeah, it definitely doesn't happen very often. Yeah, so is it experimental frenzy? Is like in Bolus Citadel were the only times in standard it's happened that I can think of in a while. Or like copying things, like in, co- in copying things. Yeah. yeah, but like the lines I diamond examples, like that's just like happening in Legacy. Yeah, and I mean at this point, I don't think people are gonna drop four thousand dollars on LEDs to play Legacy. So you could proxy them though. You can proxy them, yeah. Make just make sure they don't look like real cards. That's all we ask. Yep. I don't. I don't want to hit the lottery and then buy your fake cards. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only way I'm getting more LEDs. Uh, I still need one more, but it just so happens that I have an extra uh, Mox Diamond that I will probably turn into an LED at some point. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, again, like, I guess my, like, eight or nine years ago, LEDs were $75 a piece. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I spending $75 on this? <laughs> and now they're like eight or nine or a hundred or a thousand dollars. And it's like, oh. Yeah, I, think they're, I think they're eight. Yeah, it's like, oh, I was stonking. That's what I was doing. Stonks. Diamond hands, laser eyes, let's go. <laughs> um Yeah, so Oh no, they come down in price. They're five seventy five. Oh man, the bottom's falling out. No. No. Uh, no. Hey, you might want to trade your mox diamond for Alliance Eye Diamond and like a stick of gum. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um Yeah, so Holding priority is usually an older, an older format thing, and yeah. copying spells. But like in normal magic, it usually doesn't happen. Like yeah, I can't. Well, think, it normally doesn't matter. Yeah, like I can't think of a time where like holding priority in like limited was the right thing to do. Oh yeah, right. no, it just doesn't make any sense to do it. Like right. hey, here's all the spells I'm gonna cast. Which one would you like to counter? Would you like yeah. to deal three damage to my creature before either pump spell resolves? Excellent. Right. I really wanted to lose this game. <laughs> Thank you very much for accommodating. Um, yeah. And like a lot of that holding priority stuff has to do with templating changes yeah. that only come up like when you're talking about an absolutely massive card pool. Because like templating changes don't really happen that often, although they have happened a lot more since the advent of Arena than they had before. But yeah. So, um, is that all of our stuff for phases and whatnot? Yeah, I think so. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about about how to navigate? Not really how to navigate a turn, but like the different parts of a turn, or like different tips or tricks or. Anything along those lines? I don't think. Knowing that we're going to talk about shortcuts next week. No, I think we're good. Like, I think this is a a reasonable breakdown of everything. I did want to, like, just uh, mention a a brief arena thing. Sure. Right. I don't know about you, but uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms feels like a thousand years ago. (laughs) Already? Yeah, doesn't it? Like, I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, man. I played 30 matches of, or like 30 drafts of that limited format. And like, it just feels like forever ago. Well, I mean, it's been on arena for a month, right? Yeah. I guess like at that point is when like, usually you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm like moving on now. Like, yeah. 
Give me like my. It's been in paper for uh, five days, and it's been legal on Arena for a month. <laughs> the fact that it's only been in paper for five days is just mind-boggling. Yeah, if, if they're if Wizards is like at all considering going back to some sort of organized play, competitive play, anything, I think we need to revisit this model because. It's antiquated at this point. There's no reason, like, cards should be legal on a digital client for three weeks before they're legal in paper. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine, like, you'd have to do the Pro Tour, like, in the, like, digital exclusive window. Because, like, you know, we found that, like, when when the pros do stuff at the end of the format, they're just playing, like, whatever deck... That right. was like that the machine said was good as opposed to like generating a cool new deck that people are excited to go watch and play. Yeah. They're just like, oh, what was the best deck that like what what won the last Star City event? Yeah. Excellent. Let's look at that and make some tweaks as opposed to like, hey, I'm gonna make like I'm gonna make the I'm gonna shape the meta. I'm gonna make the meta. Yep. Right? So yeah, it's just I was just thinking like, wow, it feels so long ago, and also like the fact that it's only been out in paper for like five days. And I'm like, how, how was that a thing? <laughs> yeah, it was officially released in paper on Friday. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Today is the sixth day. Today's the sixth day. Also, uh, if you're good with calendars, you will figure out we did not record this at our normal time as we're saying oh. how many days out it is. <laughs> That is true. James is sunning himself in upstate New York. Is that a thing that happens in upstate New York? Um, it's supposed to be 70, so no. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think today it was supposed to be 100 degrees here at the beach, and it's going to be 70 in New York while I'm there. So There you go. A little Very bit different. different. Pack a sweatshirt? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, sweatshirt and jeans is what I'm bringing, and I'm sure all of my family that still lives up there is going to laugh at me. It's going to be in shorts and tank tops. Yeah, like, swimming in Lake Ontario that's 50 degrees. Yeah, they'll be like, this is great. And you're going to be like, we're all going to die. What are you doing? Yeah, absolutely not. That's hypothermia in there. Yeah. I'm not getting in that water. <laughs> so people die. So that's right. with with all that and our little travel section here, yeah. Um, uh, I think we have a show. It's a show. We'll call it. Yep. So if you want to tweet at us anything we might have missed or you're confused about on like how to work your way through a turn, you can get at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG or our email show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. I'm sure that people that have only ever played arena are going to be confused by some of this stuff. So don't feel bad. Ask questions. We will do our best to help you out. Um, we also have some pretty talented people in our discord. Um, there should be a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media, post up whatever questions you have and somebody will answer you, uh, pretty quickly. I would imagine. Um, I know I'm, I hang out in there quite a bit. Um, it's probably the only place where I have like notifications enabled on my phone. So if you post anything in our discord, it'll push me a notification. I'll see it. I know that Dieter hangs out in the discord and he is 
pretty knowledgeable about the game. He's chimed in a couple times to answer questions like before I had a chance to get in there. Um, and there, there are certainly some others that um, would have answers as well. So if any part of this episode was confusing, please don't hesitate to ask and we'll try and clear it up for you. Uh, also, don't forget about our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pick up any super cheap Forgotten Realms cards, uh, I mentioned something at the top of the show when Brian went through and looked some stuff up and seemed pretty amazed at how cheap some of this stuff was. So head on over there. Uh, anything you purchase after following that link, we'll get a cut of to help keep the show going. And if you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes. I usually post them the day before the show goes live, so you get a sneak peek about what we're talking about. Patrons also get access to our pre-show, which currently is also doubling as kind of a normal show because we're not talking about the normal, everyday newsy stuff this summer. We're talking about people playing with actual physical magic cards face-to-face with other human beings, as crazy as that sounds. It's very uh, so weird. if you want to the newsy stuff, head over to Patreon, throw a couple bucks in the pot. It really helps us out. We appreciate it. You got so, anything else? No. So with that, we will catch you at FNM. We'll catch you at FNM. <laughs> <laughs>